Good morning. My name is Dick and Norman Freeman, and I will be presenting today's lesson titled, The Word Saves, from John 12th chapter, verse 44 through 50. Let us first go to God in prayer. Great Jehovah Yahweh, we humbly submit ourselves before you this day, thanking you for another opportunity to study your word. We pray that your word will go forward in a manner that will be pleasing and acceptable to you. We pray that you will use this lesson in a way that someone will be drawn to accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. We praise you and we worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today's lesson is about who Jesus is and why God sent him to the earth and how Jesus is received by the people. It will be helpful to gain a better understanding of the Trinity, to more fully understand Jesus's time on earth, and to better understand the setting of the specific time of Jesus's ministry. One thing we know about God is that he is the God of relationships. The Father relates to the Son, the Son relates to the Father. The Spirit relates to the Father and Son. They are a divine community, so connected that they are one in essence. Although it is hard for our minds to comprehend God is community and wants nothing less for his people he created to dwell in community. This author, uses community to create a mental image of the Trinity when he says God is community. I personally like to use the image of a team whose name is God when we think of the Trinity. The team has three members, God the Father and head of the Trinity, Jesus the second person and the visual earthly manifestation of God and the Holy Spirit, who is the third person of the Trinity, who is the manifest power of God and companion to believers on earth. Each person of the Trinity have separate purposes, but they work as one in every aspect of existence. When God created the world, he said, let us make man in our own image. The us, is the other members of the team called God. As you will see in our future discussion, the author considers a more detailed look at the story to bring forward a description of what happened during Jesus's time on earth. The village of Bethany was close to Jerusalem, about 20 miles or so from Perea where Jesus was teaching when he received the message that Lazarus was ill. Jesus returned to Bethany, where he performed one of the greatest miracles, raising Lazarus from the death. The chief priests had deep-seated issues with Jesus, and because of that miracle, many people came to a believing faith in Jesus. The Pharisees, not wanting to give up their power, and prestige as the authority of God, they plotted to kill Jesus. John 11th chapter, verse 45 through 48. 
Jesus weeps over the unbelief in the land. The people had witnessed Jesus perform countless miracles, yet they persisted in unbelief. There were those who believed Jesus would not confess their belief because they feared the Pharisees. They loved the praises of men rather than God. Jesus mourns within himself over the rejection, the words he has spoken, and their ultimate rejection of God. Today's lesson, titled The Word Saves, from John the 12th chapter, verses 44 through 50, is divided into four parts for ease of discussion. I will read the scriptures in its entirety from the New Living Translation and discuss each part after the complete reading. These four parts are, part one, believing and seeing Jesus. John the 12th chapter, verses 44 and 45. Part two, Jesus is light in darkness, verse 46. Part three, Jesus the rejected Savior, verses 47 and 48. And part four, Jesus speaks as the Father speaks, verses 49 and 50. The scripture for today's lesson, The Word Saves, from John 12, chapter, verse 44 through 50, reads, verse 44 reads as follows. Jesus shouted to the crowds, If you trust me, you are trusting not only me, but also God who sent me. For when you see me, you are seeing the one who sent me. I have come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. I will not judge those who hear me, but don't obey me. For I have come to save the world and not to judge it. But all who reject me and my message will be judged on the day of judgment by the truth I have spoken. I don't speak on my own authority. The Father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. And I know his commands lead to eternal life, so I say whatever the Father tells me to say. Let's discuss this part one, believing and seeing Jesus from verses 44 and 45. At this time, Jesus did not work miracles behind closed doors or even in a hidden fashion, but he worked miracles where everyone could see him. In his farewell address to the Jewish people, Jesus laments over their unbelief in him and who sent him. Jesus desperately desired the people to believe on the God that sent him. Jesus was brokenhearted because the people he was sent to save would not believe and see the goodness of God through though he dealt among dwelt among them. This was not a failure of Jesus. Instead, it was a failure of the known future of mankind. Or I'm sorry, it was instead it was a fulfillment of the known future of mankind. 
it was necessary for mankind to see how they re reacted to the prophesied Messiah rather than have it told to them. Jesus could have demonstrated the power of God so much more and performed more miracles if only the people would see and believe. The Jewish people believed the prophecies that foretold of the coming of the Messiah and believed God would keep his word. But when God fulfilled the word of prophecy, the Jews were blinded to the fulfillment. Some people say Jesus himself was not certain he was the Messiah, suggesting he was hesitant in answering questions about his identity. This is not true, of course. And in several instances in John's gospel, including passages in today's lesson, Jesus announces his deity and messiahship clearly. The woman at the well mentioned that she knew the Messiah was coming, the prophesied one, he who is called Christ. And Jesus said, I that speak unto thee am he. John fourth chapter, verse 26. To the Jews who asked Jesus to speak plainly about whether he was the Christ, he said, I and my father are one, John 10th chapter, verse 30. They immediately tried to stone him because they knew he was claiming to be equal to the father. The Jews were hoping for a conquering Messiah, but they had no concept of the Messiah being one with the father even though the Old Testament taught this in Isaiah 9th chapter, verse 6. Even today, some people try to show a separation between Jesus and his Father. They have difficulty accepting the concept of the Trinity. Later, when his own disciples asked about his identity, Jesus said, He that has seen me has seen the Father. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. John 14th chapter, verse 9 through 11. Verse 45 repeats the declaration of Christ's deity, but also includes an important revelation. If we wish to understand God, we can see him fully displayed in the incarnate Son. Now let's discuss part two. Jesus is light in darkness. From John 12th chapter, verse 46. Darkness is the absence of light and truth in the world. God sent Jesus into the world to free mankind from the bondage of sin. Jesus is the light of the world. John 8th cha chapter, verse 12. Jesus came so that people would not have to succumb to the darkness of this world. When Jesus is accepted as light, darkness must yield its grip. When the word darkness is used in scripture, as here, it usually is referring to Satan or his kingdom. Jesus is the only way to God who is also light. Those who fully desire light will believe Jesus is the light of the world and, and will no longer live in darkness. Believing on Jesus means to accept Jesus as the Son of God, God the Father who sent him. 
accepting Jesus as the light ensures power over the darkness of the world and grants us fellowship with God the Father. We may have accepted him as our savior, but we must continually live each moment in the light of his presence. We can choose always to walk as those who are in the light. Now let's discuss part three, Jesus the rejected savior, John 12th chapter, verse 47 and 48. Jesus was speaking clearly I am here to save. Jesus understood that his purpose for being sent into the world was to redeem humanity back to God. Jesus reminded the Jewish people that even if they rejected his words and staggered in unbelief, he did not judge them. John the 12th chapter verse 47. Jesus affirms that he came to be the salvation for the world. In verse 48, we learn that judgment is certain for those who refuse to listen. But we should not lose sight of Jesus' main purpose of salvation. Jesus needed those who rejected him and his words to understand that there was a cost. Rejecting Jesus as Savior has the penalty of death. The judgment would come on the last day should rejection be their final decision. The penalty of death could be avoided by accepting him. To reject Jesus is to declare him invalid. Jesus has already laid out the law. It is up to each of us to accept his words and follow them. Jesus had more to say to the disciples privately in the following chapters the farewell discourse as an example john 14th chapter verse 17 or 14th through 17th chapter i'm sorry but these were his last public words in john's gospel some of those who were standing nearby and listening to his final sermon were jews some of whom were in the process of rejecting christ jesus is warning them that there is no way the Father to the Father except through himself, because he is the manifestation of the Father on earth. No racial heritage, no great learning, no societal standing will bring a person into the kingdom of God. Only the Messiah can do that, and Jesus is identifying himself as that one. Let's discuss part four. Jesus speaks as the Father speaks. John 12th chapter verses 49 and 50. God sent Jesus with a message to preach forgiveness of sin, the gospel of salvation and eternal life. Jesus spoke exactly what the Father said without deviation or flaw. Jesus proclaimed the Father's desire for everlasting life. The question arises, what specifically is Jesus speaking about? He is referring first to his identity as the Son of God. God spoke of Jesus when John baptized him in the Jordan. As Jesus came up out of the water, God said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. 
That's Matthew 3rd chapter, verse 17. At the transfiguration, the disciples heard the voice of God. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Matthew 17th chapter, verse 5. In John 12th chapter, verse 28, Jesus said, Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Long before this, the prophet spoke of his coming. For example, Isaiah said, his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. This is Isaiah 9 chapter verse 6. Jesus was well attested by the Father. What Jesus brings to us is the salvation offered by God. He does this with full assurance. He said, I know this life everlasting is offered. He happily brings this to anyone who would receive it. If we put ourselves in position in opposition to his words, we choose peril. On the other hand, if we choose him, we follow his example and go about our gospel business with joy and purpose. Jesus does not do this alone. For he reminds his listeners that his, his words carry the weight of the Father. Because of our knowledge of Jesus, place, of Jesus' place in the Trinity, which we know much more about than those who were listening in that day, these words may seem normal to us. It is as if he is including God to verify his words. In, in interpreting this, and any of the words of Jesus while he was on earth, we must factor in the incarnation, which is the manifestation of Jesus as God here on earth. Though Jesus was fully God and had not lost any of his essence, he was not in his eternal position of glory. Here he is verifying that his words were given to him by the Father, and so they carried the full weight of that authority. When Jesus said at the end of verse 50, so I speak, the only acceptable response then, just as it is now, is we will heed. This ends today's lesson. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for giving light to your ways and opening your, our minds that we may see the things that you have stored up for us. Help us to remember to be obedient to you in every way. Help us to recognize that while we are alive here on earth, that we must live in a manner that reflects your ways and your values. Give us the wisdom to know and understand what life in your presence will be like. Help us to understand that all we need to do is tell the story and the Holy Spirit does the rest. Bless this lesson and allow it to touch someone to bring them to a closer relationship with Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen.